You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. All right, well, here we go. We're uh, jumping right into a sermon here today. I'm Brian Craig. I'm one of the, uh, the ministers here. I'm the minister of worship and media, so that's why I was playing guitar back there. It's supposed to be a fluid transition into this part. But anyway, if you're visiting with us today, we're really grateful that you're here. Uh, we are starting a new series today, so it's a great, uh, a great time for you to join us and visit us as we're starting a new series of sermons. And the title of this series is called Jesus 2016. We're having a little fun with our, uh, with our election season. I don't have a clicker. I don't know what happened to it, so you're just going to have to read my brain there. Um, so uh, we're having a little fun with it. This election season has been rather interesting. It's kind of, it's crazy. You know, it's like something out of a Coen Brothers movie, some of the stuff that happens. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Uh, so it's, it's just been kind of funny, but we're not going to get political here this morning. Uh, we're, but but we, we, we thought, you know, we'd, we'd just tie into that a little bit with Jesus 2016. Uh, he's the perfect guy to vote for. And, uh, you know, my son Marshall was, uh, he, he's, re- he's a part of the tech ministry. He's really into the church here and everything that we're doing. Really appreciate him, really proud of him. But he was saying, he said to me, what, what do you think Jesus would think of this series that we're doing? Because he wasn't political at all. And they tried to make him king by force and he wouldn't let them. I said, I think he'd be fine with it because we're just trying to get people to church and, and uh, get people to hear more about him. Uh, but the title of the lesson today is Campaign Promises. And uh, then the, we're going to be following with, it, it, I have it, but it's not working here. Let me try. There we go. Campaign Promises. We're going to be looking at personal interactions that Jesus had with this series. Uh, living here in L.A., we have the opportunity sometimes to interact personally with maybe someone of note, someone famous. Anybody here ever met someone famous? Raise your hand if you met somebody famous before. Okay, so a lot of people have. I've lived in L.A. now for 23 years, and I've only met three famous people. So I thought I'd put them on the screen for you there. Those are the three famous people I've met. That first one is not Andy Wingy. That is the guy <laughs> from uh, Best in Show. I can't remember his name even right now. The woman in the middle is the one from uh, Law and Order. Angie, yeah, Angie. And then the one on the end is Nick Fl- Mick Fleetwood, drummer. And, uh, you know, all three of these, you know, when you meet somebody famous, you don't really know what to say. It's kind of like, hey, you're famous. It's like, yeah, I know. You, know, you don't, know, don't know what to say. I just kind of like, I mean, like Angie, I can't remember her last name. It's just like, hey. You were good on Law and Order. I mean, what else are you going to say? You feel like such a stupid. She's like, oh, thank you very much. You know, you just don't even know what to say. But imagine meeting Jesus himself. Imagine if you were able to, to run into Jesus in the neighborhood around here. And you were able to interact with him. What would that be like? And for the people that did interact with him, what we find is they really didn't understand. They really didn't get who they were interacting with. Even those that believed in him, even those that believed he was the Messiah, they didn't really totally get it. But we're going to look at the, towards the end of the story here today, we're going to look at two men that met Jesus uh, after he rose from the dead and had an interaction with him, but they didn't know they were interacting with him. So look at uh, Luke chapter 24, and uh, to go ahead and turn over there in your Bibles or on your phones, uh, if you would. The, the scriptures aren't going to be on the screen, so if you could just turn there, that would be great. Luke 24. Uh, if you're a guest with us, we do have free Bibles, so you could head to the guest table and get a free Bible if you'd like, or look on with somebody else. Uh, but we're going to talk about three things we learned from this interaction 
personal interaction that Jesus had with these, these two men. We're going to le- uh, learn that Jesus enters your world, Jesus fulfills God's promise, and Jesus ignites your heart. Uh, Luke 24, verse 13. It says, Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. So really quickly here, this is the first Easter. This is the very day Jesus rose from the dead. Easter morning, some women go to the tomb to uh, be able to to anoint the body. There was a Jewish custom of uh, using spices to preserve the body. And, uh, and, and they were about to do that. They were looking for, they were on their way there. They were hoping that some of these guards, there was a whole Roman guard, a uh, bunch of soldiers there guarding the tomb. They were hoping one of them could roll the stone away so that they would be able to anoint the body. They get there, the soldiers are gone, and there's nobody but these two angels that say, why do you seek the living among the dead? Jesus is not here, he is risen. And so they don't see him, but they, they realize he's not, he, he's, he's gone, he's not in the tomb. The tomb is empty. And in a different gospel, uh, it records that he appears to Mary there in the garden. And so here's the next time he appears to someone there on this road. It's a seven-mile road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. We don't know why they were going there, but they were walking along. It's a several-hour walk. And Jesus himself kind of sidles along up to them and starts talking to them. And it wasn't uncommon to talk to people as you walked along the roads. And these Roman roads in that time led from city to city. And many people would walk from city to city. So it's kind of like being on a bus and starting up a conversation with somebody that's sitting beside you. It was common to just start talking to people as you're all kind of walking along together. So this man starts talking to them. Somehow they don't understand or recognize that he is Jesus. And we'll talk more about Jesus' resurrected body in a a minute. But much similar to angels... uh, People, they're flesh, they're, they're physical, but they're not ghosts. Jesus' body was not a ghost. He was a physical being, and yet, and he seemed human to them, but they didn't know it was Jesus. And so he's talking to them, verse 17, he asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us what they had seen and the vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village where they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. 
and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two who had, this had happened to on the way and told how Jesus was recognized about them when he broke the bread. All right, number one, Jesus enters your world. Uh, as I said, he, he, he comes into their situation, into their, uh, their, how they're feeling and what they're going through and just kind of, comes right up next to him and starts talking to them, but they didn't recognize him. And, and this story, I love this story because it, it, it's, it's kind of odd and kind of funny and it's kind of like hard, hard to understand even what was Jesus doing there, right? And uh, I read this book called Beautiful Outlaw by John Eldridge. He's the same guy that wrote Wild at Heart. And he argues that Jesus had a sense of humor throughout the book. And he argues that in this story, Jesus was basically messing with them. And that Jesus, I mean, think about how joyful Jesus must have been at this moment. He, he's come to earth. He's lived the entire life, his entire 33-year life with not ever sinning. Even though the Bible says he was tempted in every way just as we have. That is a marathon right there. Just to lead a whole life and never sin. He's trained his disciples. He's poured himself into people. He's given and given and given and given. He's healed the sick. He's, he's, you know, he, he's faced so much opposition and eventually he, he's tortured and he's killed and he dies the most horrific way that the Romans knew how to kill someone, hanging them on a cross until they die. And, and now he's done with all of that. He's risen from the dead. He's on his way back to his father. Think about how joyful he must have been in this moment. And yet, they, what a contrast to them. They're, they're bummed out. They're down. They're, it says their faces are downcast in verse 17. Verse 19, you know, a little bit later, it says, that, oh, we had hoped he was this, but oh, you know, they're just down. And he's right there with them. <laughs> oh, what things? You know, verse 19, you, uh, what, what things are you talking about? You know, the fact that he asked that question tells you, you know, that he's, he's kind of, oh, what are they going to say? What things? Right? And then a little bit later, uh, they get to where they're going, and, and it says he acted as if we were going farther. Oh yeah, see you guys. Great being with you. Great spending some time. I got I to gotta head out. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> then then they, they say, he says the prayer for the food and then immediately they recognize him and then poof, he's gone. See ya. I mean, Jesus is hilarious. It's like a scene from the undercover boss. <laughs> and uh, I want to show you this, uh, this video clip. This, this video clip has nothing to do with the story we're talking about in context, but it does have a lot to do with the story we're talking about in, I think, kind of the mood of, of what Jesus was doing. And this is a story of where a guy is pretending to be something he's not. And so let's watch this video and then I'll, I'll, I'll kind of bring it back to the story. Your cell phone rings, you don't recognize the number, what do you do? Ignore it. Ignore it, send it to voicemail. Yeah, not this guy. <laughs> I answer it, yeah, exactly opportunity potential who knows who knows what it is the other day i was driving down the 405 traffic phone rings 917 new york i'm like oh i don't know the number i hit talk i go hello guy on the other line goes hey bruce what's going on my name's jay not bruce so clearly i go nothing much man what's going on with you 
And he goes, I'll tell you what's going on. I just got an email about the budget. It's supposed to be 15000 Now it's 10000 I'd like to know what is going on. And I grabbed the steering wheel. I was like, all right, focus. Focus right now. Your name is Bruce. There's a budget. It's 15000 Now it's ten. No one's happy about it. Just get, go with this. Go with this. I didn't know much. I only knew what he told me, so I just set it back and I go, 10,000? It's supposed to be 15,000. He goes, yeah, well, I just got an email and now it's 10. And I go, hey, I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm on the road right now. I haven't even seen the email. And he goes, are you behind this? Did you send it out? Like, giving Bruce some attitude, you know what I mean? And I'm like, no way I am taking that. There's no way. And I go, listen, bro, the budget was 15000 We had a couple extra expenditures. It went up to sixteen two. I reworked it, got it down to fourteen seven. We had 300 to play with. I called it fifteen. I sent it out. He goes, yeah, well, now it's ten. And I was like, oh, my God, that worked. Stay focused. Stay focused. I'm not even enjoying it. You know what I mean? I can't even laugh. I have to stay. I'm, like, literally in it. I was just in it. He goes, did Larry okay this? Larry. Now he's throwing Larry at me, yeah. So I go, listen, I took it to Larry. He said it looked fine, but I knew it was my on the line, so I ran it by Jennifer just in case. She said it looked good, I sent it out. He goes, yeah, well now it's 10. And I was like, this guy has no idea what's going on over there. He hasn't talked to Larry. He hasn't talked to Jennifer, I just made her up. Clearly, he has not spoken to Bruce. He goes, listen, man, what are we going to do about this? I go, bro, I'm on the road right now. I haven't even seen the email. Why don't you call Larry, check in with him, see what's going on, give me a call back. Literally, like, throwing the fishing line out, being like, please say yes, because that phone call return is going to be amazing. And he goes, he goes, Listen, why don't we wait till you get home, you check the email, you call Larry, you call me back. I go, nah, nah, bro. Larry knows way more about this than I do. Give him a call, call me back. He goes, okay, hangs up the phone. (laughs) To which I explode with euphoria. Because there's a small business in New York somewhere that's crumbling to the ground. Over $5,000, no one can find Bruce, no one's talked to Larry, and they don't know who the hell Jennifer is. All right, I show that video because, I mean, why is it funny? It's funny because it, it, it's, it upends your expectations. It's surprising. You know, the, this person that he's talking to has no idea what's really going on. And that's what this story is like. I mean, they go, you don't understand what's been going on in the city? What, these things that have been going on? You're the only visitor here? And they're kind of even mocking him a little bit. Like, are you clued out, buddy? You, don't, you haven't heard about this stuff? No, no, what stuff? Tell me. And Jesus just, you know, he kind of... Brings it along and brings it along and brings it along. What what does that have to do with us? I just, Jesus enters our world. He knows exactly what we're going through. He knows exactly the the, the challenge that we have, the uh, uh, anxieties that we face. And he so often, I picture him just walking right along with us. Maybe with a smile on his face, like, don't worry so much about this. Or don't get so upset about this. Or I've got this. You know, you know th- there's a bigger picture in mind than, than what you have here uh, that, that you're caught up in. It didn't work out the way they had planned. He wasn't who they expected, and so they missed him. Have you missed Jesus in your life? Because things haven't worked out the way you expected. Or because he hasn't 
come to you in the way that you maybe wanted him to or, or, or in the way that you expected him to be. They expected a whole different Messiah than Jesus was. They didn't expect the resurrection plan and yet it was something greater than they could have ever imagined. I mean, they're here on the day, the, the day of Easter, the, the fulcrum of all human history when God came to earth as a man, was killed and rose from the dead and yet they didn't even realize what was going on. We got to not keep our eyes shut. We got to keep our eyes open to God and his plan because Jesus enters into our world. The second thing, Jesus fulfills God's promise. You know, how do you think they felt uh, when Jesus rebukes them? The stranger who's walking along the road, you know, they say, oh, we had hoped he was this and we'd hoped they were that. And listen to what he says, how foolish you are and slow to believe all the prophets have said. Anybody ever called you a fool before? You're foolish. You're, you, you haven't believed what the prophet said. And then it says, and beginning with that scripture, he explained all the prophets to them. What an amazing Bible study. But he calls them out for ignoring and for missing the signs. He says they're thick and simple spiritually. He challenges their willingness to believe. What about you? How hard is it for you to believe God's promise? How hard is it for you to believe what God said would come true? Do you, are you willing to believe or do other things keep you from believing? Uh, I have a quote I want to show you. Detached intellectualism, clever ton- tongue cynicism, and elitist humanism are all our cultural enemies to belief. That's a great quote, right? That's from Andy Wingy. Isn't that awesome? These are all the things that keep us from really believing. We get cynical. We get intellectual we think we're we kind of think we're above things like men raising from the dead uh, you know most many many educated people look at easter oh yeah it's a wonderful story it's about new beginnings it's about how spring follows the winter and there can be new life jesus didn't actually raise from the dead it was just a it's just a nice story about how you know his teaching continued on we, we become so intellectual and so cynical we don't believe in miracles anymore and yet Jesus calls us out. He says, you're slow to believe. You're, you're foolish. They had lost hope, and yet he's putting hope back in them. Why do we lose hope? Uh, why do we get cynical? I think in our time, we hear so many empty promises. We hear so many false promises that we, we just start to kind of be cynical. I mean, think about all the, the false promises that we hear all the time. Uh, I remember uh, we went to... If any of you ever been to one of those high pressure sales things so you can get a vacation out of it or something? We went to one of those. It was like high pressure sales for this really fancy buggy. It was when we first had Jameson and it was this really fancy buggy that became all these other things, you know, and it was like $900 or something. And we're like, there's no way. We're only here because we want the trip to Catalina. Uh, and, you know, they break you up and you sit down and meet with somebody personally and all that. The whole time we're we just want to go to Catalina. But we get the thing, we, we go to try to go to Catalina and it didn't have some stamp on it. So it was, it was worthless. And, and the, you know, the place we'd gone was a hotel. There's no way to follow up with them. They just totally robbed us. You know, they robbed us of our time. And I remember feeling like so cynical. And yet that's how we, that's the world we live in, right? There's empty promises all over the place. Uh, even seemingly innocuous ones like you know you hear on the radio all the time uh uh sit and sleep will beat any advertised price or your mattress is free has anyone ever gotten a free mattress no they just match the other price it's just an empty stupid promise we watch afb with my kids all the time and their tagline now is get rich get famous really is afb really going to make you rich and famous 
It's just empty promises that we get saturated in. And so we get, we get cynical to them. And every politician says the same things, don't they? All the campaign promises are, we're going to lower taxes, we're going to make Social Security solvent, we're going to, uh, you know, build up the military, we're going to, I mean, everything, it's always everything, right? Uh, New jobs, better schools, health care, I'm going to work with Congress, I'm a uniter, not a divider, they all say that. Uh, there's a clip I want to show you from uh, one of our family's favorite movies with a campaign promise right here. If you vote for me, all of your wildest dreams will come true. Thank you. All of your wildest dreams will come true. And so we can get slow to believe. And yet we need to, we've got, we've got to, not, we've got to get control of our hearts to, to recognize Jesus and his impact in our lives and open ourselves up to what he's trying to do and who he really is. We've got to, instead of trying to k- take control ourselves and find fulfillment in other things, we've got to give control over to God and trust him and trust his promises. He's saying, hold on to what has been promised. And I love this, this verse in verse 27. It says, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Again, at this point, they still don't recognize him. So here's this stranger who's going through verse after verse after verse saying, didn't, doesn't the Old Testament say the Messiah has to be like this? Doesn't, didn't it say he needed to be born in Jerusalem? I mean, born in Bethlehem? Didn't it say he needed to grow up in Nazareth? Didn't it say he needed to uh, die in, as a suffering servant? Didn't it say he needed to see light of life? You know, all these things from, from Psalm 22, you know, my, my hands and my feet. Who knows even which ones he used, but there's so many passages in the Old Testament. When you read them, you go, this can only be Jesus. And it, it's, it really builds your faith because these were all written down long before he ever walked the earth. And yet he perfectly fulfilled them all. And Jesus' personal prescription for belief for these guys was Bible study. And so if you feel like you have been struggling with unbelief, this is Jesus' prescription for you. Get your eyes open to the word of God. Open the word of God. God has this plan for our world. God has this plan for our life. But our eyes open up to that plan when we open up our eyes to the scriptures. So many claim to know God. So many claim to be cool with Jesus here in, in, in L.A. You know, I meet people that say, oh, yeah, church for me is going out to the beach and just listening to the waves. And, you know, that's kind of my thing. That's how I listen to God. Just listen to the waves and the seashore. You know, different things. People say, oh, there's truth everywhere. That's true. But why not start with his revealed word? I like to go to the beach and listen to the waves, too. But his word is right here. These fulfilled promises are right here. And so, so few people read the Bible. So few people really get into the scriptures. And that's, as a church here in the South Bay Church, we really want to be a church that is in our, in our Bibles. In our Bibles with each other. Opening the scriptures together. So if you're a guest with us today, I really I want to offer you that opportunity to get the Bible open with somebody else from, from church here. You know, there's nothing like going through the scriptures together. You notice he does that with them. He walks them through these passages together, the three of them as they walk along. This is not an actual picture of the, uh, of the actual event, by the way. But as they're walking along, he's opening the scriptures to them. That's, that's what we want to do here in our community is get people into the Bible. And we hope that you would be willing to do that with us. 
Third point, last point, Jesus ignites your heart. They asked each other, verse 20, uh, chapter, 30, chapter 24, verse 32, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? There's something about that when you really see Jesus working in your life, when you see that he's come into your life, when you see that God has a plan for you, when you see the way the promises are fulfilled that God has given us, it ignites your heart. You, I, I got to tell somebody about this. I want to do something about this. It, it, it causes a reaction. In Acts 2, uh, which was written by Luke, the same guy that wrote this gospel, a little bit later, he talks about when the, the, the first gospel sermon was preached, as, as Jesus was declared as risen from the dead, thousands who responded were cut to the heart. They said, what do we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized. For the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2.38. And he says, the promise is for you, your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. That same promise is ours today. That if we respond in repentance and baptism, all of our sins are forgiven. And we get a a, a clean slate. We get to start completely over. Our whole worldview changes. Uh, Repentance has kind of gotten a bad rap. That name repentance, that word repentance. But what it means, the, the, the Greek word that Jesus used for repentance is metanoia, which means a whole change of worldview. Everything changes. He ignites your heart. Everything is different. And so we're a church of people who've had that. We're not a church of perfect people. We're not a church of people who uh, have not messed up a lot, but we're a church of people whose minds have been changed and transformed. And sometimes you can slip back in your old ways. Those of us who've been around a while, we need that metanoia. We need that heart ignited again. And if you feel like your heart has lost some, some, some fumes, you know, if you feel like you're, you're, you're not on fire anymore spiritually, what's the answer? Get into the word, get along with Jesus, walk with him and let him ignite your heart again. What made their hearts catch on fire? Walking with him, getting into the word of God, seeing the big picture of what God is doing. Those are those same things that will ignite our hearts today, aren't they? There's something inside us that was made for the eternal. There's something inside us that was made for forever, that was made for resurrection. And a little bit farther here in this passage, in verse 36, it says, While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. So these guys, they're, they're all the way in Emmaus. They go back to Jerusalem. They tell everybody what happened. They're in the middle of talking about it, and then poof, Jesus appears again. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Jesus was a physical resurrected Lord. He had flesh and bones, it says here. And we don't have time to dig in in, in too much more into what that means for us, but we face a resurrected future if we're followers of Jesus. The Bible says we will have new bodies, that we will have a new heavens and, and new earth, and we will be like him. And, and he, was, he was real and he was there. He was not a ghost, but they still don't quite get it, right? In verse 40, they, he showed them his hands and feet. Uh, they still did not believe because of joy and amazement. He said, do you have anything here to eat? Isn't that kind of funny too? Like a, a neighbor who shows up, friend shows up at your house. Hey, what you got to eat here? You know, looking through your cupboards. They gave him a piece of broiled fish. He took it and ate it in their presence. Why did he do that? He wanted to show them, I am not a ghost. And this is, I love the detail here. It's a broiled fish. It's not a fried fish. It's not a boiled fish. It's a broiled fish. That, this is not a myth. 
This is not something that kind of came around many thousands of years later. These are eyewitnesses that, yeah, it was a piece of broiled fish. He ate it. We saw him eat it. And then he disappears again later. You know, it's incredible that we face a, a, a risen, that we have a risen Lord that wants to take us along with him to heaven. And we were made for that. Verse 45, he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer, rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And that's what we're still doing today is preaching this message of repentance, metanoia, and forgiveness of sins. It's what you were made for. You were made for a relationship with God. You were made for the eternal. Our highest truths... Our deepest callings, our greatest aspects of human existence are authored by God for us to become resurrected people someday, for us to follow him into glory. And we we really hope that you'll come along and we really hope that you don't give up the fight because it's going to be so, so worth it. We're going to close here with a, uh, a song that's about Jesus taking us somewhere that we don't understand. And it's called Oceans and it's about... seeing the waves and the wind and kind of not knowing what's going on, but when you trust in Jesus's presence, it all becomes clear. And and it, it all works when we trust in him. Jesus enters your world. Jesus fulfills God's promise. And Jesus ignites your heart. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us. 